With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Blade, the fourth edition of this preseason analytics mini-series of conversations we're having here. So Ryan Stimson was just yesterday, and today I will be joined by Sean Tierney, better known as at Charting Hockey on Twitter. So good conversation with Sean. We kind of talk about some how he got involved in the visits in the beginning. Uh, we talked about a little bit about the Sabres um, and kind of his projections on them and why he has them where they are. And then also we hit on a few league questions here too. So this is back to one that's not an extremely long interview. Uh, we just don't even need a commercial break in here. So we're going to hammer this out here. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Some good insight from Sean. Uh, and I'm looking forward to kind of what he has planned this year as he makes his transition to a full-time uh, hockey analyst, I guess you could say. So Enjoy this conversation with Sean Tierney, and I will be back. Uh, I think we'll be back for a full episode over the weekend after these games against the Maple Leafs tonight and uh, actually yesterday and today. So um, now we'll be back on Sunday to record, and then we'll hammer out a few more analytics interviews. And before you know it, the season will be here. So enjoy the interview with Sean, and we will talk soon. All right, so next up, as we keep spinning out these analytics chats we have going on here, I am joined by Sean Tierney, better known as at Charting Hockey on Twitter. Uh, Sean, man, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with me for a little bit. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Chad. So I guess where I kind of want to start here, I guess I, well, first of all, congratulations on going to hockey full-time. Uh, I'm super jealous of that. I saw your tweet from last week, so that's, I'm sure that's stressful and at the same time relieving, but uh, congratulations on that. It's got to be super exciting. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's definitely all the stress, all the excitement. I've got lots of different uh, projects that I'll be able to say something about over the next couple of weeks as the season rolls around. So yeah, just stay tuned. Very, very good. All right. So where I kind of want to start here is you're kind of the, you're you're like the the de facto viz guy on Twitter, I guess you could say, you know, all, all the visuals that you make with all the analytic data that is available on the league. So I kind of, I guess, in a way, kind of want to get some more in depth, kind of what 
I guess, what in a way kind of set you down that path? And then the one, well, I'll ask you that question first. What kind of set you down that path? So I always sort of, anytime I think about this, my origin story, I guess, is my father, uh, who's always run a, his own card shop. And so I spent, you know, countless, countless hours doing unpaid labor for him, which often involved, you know, sorting hockey cards and looking at the backs to figure out which sets go together. And so I spent a lot of time looking instead of the player on the front of the card at their stats on the back. And I think, you know, somehow along the way, it was ingrained into my brain that this is how you should look at hockey by the numbers rather than by the faces on the front. And so uh, the play out of that as an adult was when I started writing, I really just wanted to have an edge, something that I could offer, uh, you know, people that might read my stuff, something that would set it apart from, you know, other pieces that were out there at the time. And I'm not a person who's at the rink getting interviews from players. So what could I offer? And, um, you know, for me, it was it was these visuals. And Dominic Gallimini was really big at the time I was coming around doing his first version of his hero charts. Um, Emmanuel Perry was doing great work and continues to. And he had mentioned Tableau as a place, you know, where you could do some really nice data visualizations. And it was kind of just a couple of fluky, bumpy things like that that led me down this path. And, you know, here I am all these years later, kind of <laughs> stuck stuck with this program, stuck with hockey data, but I, I really love it. I think there's a lot of potential for it going forward. And I just hope that my contributions out in hockey Twitter are are useful to people. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? I mean, there's, there's so much kind of out there now uh, with social media and um, blog posts and anybody can write about hockey and anybody can do talk about hockey or kind of share them their thoughts and opinions. Right. I think is the thing you kind of nailed is, is people who really can find that niche. They can kind of step into that void, if you will. Uh, if you can fill that void and then you can do it, you know, as good at the level that you do it, I, I think your I mean, success can kind of take you anywhere. So that that's, I think, kind of important people who are listening who want to kind of get involved is, you know, find that area where you can kind of maybe stand out where that void is. And then if you can execute it, you know, that that can be good for your future. Right. And And I always say anytime I get the chance to talk about this sort of thing, like I'm not a particularly smart human being and I'm not a particularly highly trained person. You know, I'm not a, a rocket space engineer or anything like that. And so, you know, the, the best advice to anybody who sees the stuff I make or sees something that Micah Blake McCurdy makes or, you know, any of the people that are out there sharing their work is that there's lots of room for people to find a niche. And as long as you're just sort of willing to put in a little bit of work, anybody can, you know, sort of pick the level of voice that they want to be in the community. And um, I, I just think it's exciting, you know, nice and kind and informative people pointed me in the right direction. And um, that's all I want to do for people that might be sort of new to the community now that it's really possible to get involved and just about finding that niche that speaks to you and then just putting in the reps. So kind of the thing that I, I like that you do the most with these visualiz- visualizations, I can't get the word out, uh, is it's kind of not only do you post them, but you add context to it. I mean, because that's the whole thing, right? Anybody can kind of in a way just post a chart and say, oh, hey, look, so-and-so and so-and-so, this is what the chart says, right? I think now with a lot of this data that's coming out and these, you know, these businesses that are out, I think it's important to add context to it or I think the overall meaning and just I think the overall feeling of these charts can kind of be looked at people who aren't um, completely on board with it. They can be like, yeah, anybody can post a chart. But I think adding context is kind of the the big main thing now these days. Am I right? Yeah, I totally agree. I think if you want anybody to bother to spend longer than one second and then a scoff at a chart that you put out, um, I think it's just important that people are, you know, conversant in the sport. And for me, the the reason I'm 
here in the first place is because I love hockey and I watch it every chance I get, every level I can find it. Um, and so, you know, when I'm looking at these stats, it's not just a spreadsheet for me or it's not just a visual for me. It's it's a way we can think about hockey and add context to what, what we watch and what I enjoy to watch. And so if you can take a chart but say, this is how you should understand it in 140 characters or 280 or whatever we get in the future. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, if you can kind of paint that picture with a few words to direct people in, um, I think that that's good for the buy-in for people who maybe, you know, either don't like it or don't know enough about what advanced stats are out there. I often in my brain think of myself more, um, like I want to be a bridge between people that don't know or don't like it yet and could like it in the future. And so, you know, a viz is nice because it's, I think they're easy to understand the way that our brains work to see a picture and get it. And then if I can be kind of a welcoming or informative voice around that tweet rather than, you know, snarky or angry or, uh, you know, sort of stomping my foot in the ground, then maybe you bring more people into the conversation. And ultimately, that's, that's better for all of us to have more smart, interested people looking at the sport and engaging in, in all the different ways that they can. Very good, man. I, like I said, I couldn't agree more. I think that's, that's extremely important these days to kind of add the context into all of this stuff. You know, we're trying to grow a little bit more within the game. So I'm going to kind of make my shift here to some Sabre stuff and then let you get on your way here. So uh, the projection you put out, you have them around 82 points, which personally, myself, I think that's completely fair with where they are right now. Uh, but the thing I've kind of asked people uh, as I've been talking to them, you're number four now. Uh, the question I ask everybody is, the Sabres made some good additions, but it's the addition by subtraction is where they failed. Do you kind of agree with that? Yeah, I think that's really fair. Um, and you're right. So I have them pegged at 82 points. Understanding, of course, like, you know, at the time that we're doing this, um, error bars are wide and that's all fine. Right. And it doesn't take away from from the great offseason that they had, where I think, you know, Colin Miller was somebody that um, anyone with an eye for stats was looking at as a sneaky ad when Vegas was actively shopping him and Buffalo got that done. I, I like Marcus Johansson uh, in the role that he'll play, especially for the team. Yoki Haru is awesome. I'm a really big fan. And I think if, if he comes into that top four, maybe at some point in the year, that really addresses a need in the middle of the defense pairs. Um, there's, you know, lots of talent all over with maybe some young guys coming up too. But I still see goaltending as such a question mark for this team. Yeah, yeah. And, and until this team is, um, until you have somebody super solid in net that you say, this is 55 games of a player who's above average at the position, um, it, it's difficult to say this is a team that's definitely in the playoff picture yet. So the Sabres took a step forward um, for sure, but it's still not a team that's designed to make noise in the East, not until something changes probably in net. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going to go next. You, you kind of beat me to us. I mean, it's, I, I remember looking at those charts. You would post them, you know, with Allmark and um, Hutton. And, you know, they started the season fine. And then kind of as the season went on, it was like slowly just watching them dip down that list and just fall off the chart. And then at the, at the end of the season, I mean, arguably, and there, there's a valid argument to make that the Sabres overall the entire year, you know, got some of the worst goaltending in the league last year. And it was, it just, it, it really hurt them. And, it's hard to imagine with those same two. I mean, I know the defense is going to slightly improve, but still there's just a lot of question marks, like you said. Right. And I think, um, so how do you build a team? And we've seen that, um, you know, a goalie having a crazy out of their mind performance can sometimes put a team on their back. 
and carry like the Islanders? through. Right, exactly. You can design a system around a Robin Leonard breakout year, and you can kind of go for a run. Or, you know, I, I shudder to think of what the Ducks would have looked like last year without John Gibson oh, just completely dominating, right? Um, and so the Sabres aren't there yet. And so that doesn't mean the team has failed, and it doesn't mean it can't be addressed, but it means that it's the next step because it, it's an offense that has enough pieces in it that they should be able to, you know, sort of get somewhat reliable scoring. Um, I think anybody would be happy to take pieces of this defense group, um, you know, especially going forward. Dolan's going to be that kind of top uh, defenseman kind of player in this league for sure. Um, Montour has a really poor projection in the way that I have the model built and his hand is hurt. So that's not, doesn't bode well, but I can see him outperforming. I like Miller. I like McCabe. Um, I like Yokiharu too. So there's lots and lots in place, but it's just, it's clearly the next step for this team. Carter Hutton is the kind of guy you want to turn to when your starter gets hurt because he can play eight to 10 games in a row and maybe get you through and be above average as a backup. But just like you pointed out, they started off fine and goals saved above expectation last year. And between him and Allmark, they just plummeted down that chart as the season went on. And I don't see any reason at either of their ages to expect that to change. And so, um, you know, it's, it's the next place up and maybe that means it's a prospect that comes up for them to address the need or it's something you look outside of the organization, but it, it's, it's the spot next to hit for them. Yeah. I mean, and they have, you know, Uka Pekalukin who had a really good year last year, but I mean, he's only 20 years old and he kind of had hip surgery this off season. So he won't even be ready to like probably November to start playing in the minors this year. But I think that's their hope and future, but now they have one more year of Hutton and then Allmark's a restricted free agent again this summer. So I, I think this is kind of a big year for both of them. And then we'll see kind of how much Lukanen develops here and we'll, we'll see what that can do for him. But before I let you go, the one question I do want to ask you, because I know you're kind of involved in the entire league. Give me, I guess, put it this way, give me one team that looking at the numbers and stuff you put together that the league may be sleeping on. Do you think it's going to have a big year this year? Mm, I think, okay, so a couple that surprised me when I put this together. One um, is the Montreal Canadiens. They were really dominant in lots of the sort of shot metrics that we have last year. And that's kind of a hallmark of Julian Systems. He did that with Boston all the time, too, and he brought it over to Montreal when he came. Um, They kind of kill you with a thousand paper cuts rather than having, you know, like a key figure in the offense that drives them forward. But I have them projected to make the playoffs they weren't far off from getting there last year either and so for me they're a team that um maybe no one is expecting to make a lot of noise but it wouldn't be crazy to imagine a carry price renaissance a team with four lines that can kind of run at you uh and then you know the east can be kind of a funny thing especially at the fringes the other one i might shout out i guess is um i have the chicago blackhawks a lot higher than i've seen in other models so far i've got them around 95 ish points right now and that was a surprising result for me when i pumped it through so you know Arabar, Arabar, all those qualifiers um but they made enough moves and between crawford and leonard that's kind of a timeshare that if crawford is at all healthy if leonard brings forward any of those skills from last year uh, i like pieces of their defense they do have enough offense up front to make some noise. They're kind of a weird team. You know, I hate parts of the team too, for sure. <laughs> but uh, I can see them being a team that kind of out of nowhere maybe takes one last run at getting into the playoffs with uh, some of those players that probably aren't going to be around forever more, like, uh, you know, Duncan Keith and Seabrook and some of those players that are kind of timing out of the league. So 
yeah, I guess maybe East and West, I'd go Montreal and Chicago are teams I think I have. I'm a little bit higher on than maybe other models are so far. So one team I do want to ask you about really quick, last question. Uh, Winnipeg, I see you've heard 96 points. So the Bufflin thing has come up recently. So I guess the way I ask you the question this way, if they, if Bufflin does retire and they don't address that defense, I mean, how much trouble do you think Winnipeg could be in? They could be in a lot of trouble. So I have them right now as a playoff bubble team in the West, hanging around not so far from where I have Chicago, not so far from where I have San Jose right now. If you take Dustin Bufflin out, he was still projected to be uh, an above average top pairing defender on a right side for them where they have no depth. Like you're looking at Pionk and Miku and who even yeah. knows what else after that. Tucker Pullman. So, right. And, and so it gets that ugly that quick. Um, and so if you take Dustin Bufflin out of the mix, which seems like it, it could go either way at this point still, um, I think that really hurts him. It might be just enough to take a really super deep forward group uh, and sink them and, and take them out of the playoff picture. And, you know, I've seen some of those horrifying things, funny to say maybe on this podcast, about Ristolainen and maybe being somebody that winds <laughs> up there to address the need. He certainly doesn't address that need, as, uh, uh, you know, many in the advanced stats community would say about him. So uh, it's a big problem, and it's a storyline that I'm just kind of personally interested in, too, because Dustin Buffman's been a fun player to watch. He's kind of the NHL's version of a unicorn in a way who can do a little bit of everything. So, yeah, it, it's a storyline, and it will really hurt the Jets if he's gone. Yeah, I mean, you hit wrist line in there. It's one of the reasons why I asked. That's how I knew Tucker Pullman was next because I've really studied that Winnipeg defense. So that's, right, right, right. <laughs> that's an area we've had our eyes on here in Buffalo. All right, so that is Sean Cherney. You can find him on Twitter at Charting Hockey. Uh, Sean, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time and I look forward to kind of what you have coming up this season um, as you kind of make that transition, uh, I guess, in your career, I could say. So I'm looking forward to it and best of luck this year and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks for this chat.